Welcome to the podcast entitled Atrial Fibrillation Focus on Stroke Prevention. This podcast was produced by ASHP Advantage and supported by an independent educational grant from Bohringer Ingelheim Pharmaceuticals, Inc. The content for this podcast was adapted from an interview with Dr. James Kalis that was recorded on December 6, 2010 during the 45th ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting and Exhibition in Anaheim, California. Dr. Kalis is Senior Manager, Patient Care Services at the Department of Pharmacy Services at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan. Dr. Kalis will discuss future directions, emerging therapies for stroke prevention in atrial fibrillation. Welcome, Dr. Kalis. Thank you. We've been hearing about an alternative to warfarin for a long time. Why has it taken so long, and is an alternative really coming soon? In fact, an alternative is actually here. The Bigatran was approved in October of 2010, is now available in pharmacies across the country. So we do have an alternative in the Bigatran, and we should see more information coming out about the next two closest to be evaluated by the FDA, Rivaroxaban and later after that, Apixaban. Will there be any advantages of these new medications other than just improved convenience due to less monitoring? One of the biggest advantages will definitely be that these patients will not need frequent monitoring as we see with warfarin. There are potentially other advantages. One of the most recently approved medications in this class of drugs is dabigatran, and that drug has actually been found to be superior in terms of efficacy as compared to standard warfarin therapy. And that came with a similar risk of bleeding. So there's potentially an efficacy advantage as well. We may also have some advantages related to drug interactions. Drug interactions seem to be less common with dabigatran, and it remains to be seen with some of the other agents, such as rivaroxaban and apixaban, as to whether or not um, there's less drug interaction potential with those drugs as compared to warfarin. Pharmacists have played a very large role in warfarin management over the years. Will there be as much of a role for pharmacists with these new drugs? I definitely think that the role for pharmacists will be different. Right now, we have a large role in dosing and frequent monitoring of these medications. Because there is less need for individualized dosing, less need for monitoring, we won't have to have pharmacists involved as much on on that aspect of this drug therapy. However, there is a huge role in selecting the right agent for the right patient. Some of these medications have renal dosing issues, and so making sure we dose adjust for patients with renal dysfunction will be important. Also, some of these agents may have clinically significant drug interactions that we as pharmacists have to be the experts in adjusting those, or either adjusting or selecting a more appropriate agent. And I think one of the key roles that pharmacists will have to play is identifying those patients that still need to use warfarin. They're not an ideal candidate for one of these new agents. Many specific types of disease states probably won't have adequate data early on with the new agents, and so we're going to have to fall back on the old standard of warfarin for many types of patients. Thank you, Dr. Kalis. Thank you. This concludes this podcast. For additional information about this topic, visit the Educational Initiative web portal at www.ashpadvantage.com forward slash prevent stroke.